Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Well, we're back with another, what I hope to be great episode of the podcast. Welcome everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, I know I say this all the time, but I'd love for you to share this with your friends. So we are about to cross the 8,000 download mark and I would love to hit 10,000 downloads. So that means I need your help. So share, 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 share it on your social media, text somebody. Um, but I'd love to have you help me get the word out so we can see more people become their best self in Jesus, uh, which will in turn change the world. All right. So I feel like I've got a message on my heart for us today, um, that I am curious to see what you're going to think of. And what I want to do is talk about this particular scripture that has been really weighing on me the last couple of weeks. Um, the Lord's been speaking to me about it. And I don't know if you've ever had an experience like this, but I love to listen to God tell me what to read in the Bible. Uh, sometimes I don't really feel that direction, so I'll just pick something to read. But I love when God says, hey, go read this particular passage. And always it is so moving and so powerful. And so this happened to me recently when the Lord said, hey, go read Hebrews chapter six, starting in verse one. And uh, I, I was blown away from the illumination that God brought. You know, sometimes when you know a scripture, he just brings a whole new perspective on it. And that's what happened. And I want to explore that with you today. Um, so I want us to kind of paraphrase the end of Hebrews chapter five. And um, this is where you get that famous scripture. I'm sure most of you guys have heard this that says, uh, talking about the milk and the meat, right? And so in verse 12 of chapter five, he says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers because of the time you've had to learn these truths, you actually need someone to teach you again, the elementary principles of God's word from the beginning. And you have come to be continually in need of milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is doctrinally inexperienced and unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a spiritual infant. But solid food is for the spiritually mature whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. And uh, this is the amplified version. And then we get to chapter six with this particular verse, the first two verses, it says this, therefore, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about the Christ, advancing on to maturity and perfection and spiritual completeness, doing this without laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of teaching about washings, the laying on of the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. These are all important matters in which you should have been proficient long ago. And then we get to verse three, and this is where we're going to stop. And we will do this, that is proceed to maturity, if God permits. 
And when I read this beginning of chapter six, specifically, let us get past the elementary stage in the teachings about the Christ, I was overwhelmed with the reality of how many of us, and I'm not necessarily naming particular names or thinking of anyone in particular, but as a culture, how many of us are still trying to deal with what God considers the beginner level of Christianity? And it's interesting because when we look at the New Testament books of the Bible, we actually see several different types of maturity level in different churches. So some of the churches, like the church at Ephesus, uh, they get some really revelatory stuff. You know, they get some, some next level thinking about being seated with Christ in heavenly places, about God coming and doing exceedingly more than you could ever ask for or imagine. It's, it's, it's an incredible scripture talking about the mystery that's finally being made known to the world that's been hidden all these years. And, and it's beautiful. And then we get to, you know, chapters like first Corinthians, maybe even second Corinthians, where they're really dealing with specific issues in that culture. And there's a lot of revelation for you and I, but there's also a lot of specific direction to that church. And, and so in Hebrews, we see this sort of, you know, juxtaposition of the two coming into one where the writer of Hebrews is, is elevating our thinking, but he's doing it seemingly because the church that he was writing to the group of people were not able to advance beyond the beginning teachings. Now, I don't know about you, but I take that as a question to myself, an invitation to myself to say, am I advancing to the deeper teachings? Am I, you know, as a pastor, my question is, am I leading my church past the elementary stage of the teachings? It's such an interesting scripture, right? And so my first question for you today is, are you advancing to the deeper things? So what, what is he talking about? Well, or, you know, maybe it's a woman that wrote it. We don't know. But in Hebrews chapter six, this, this section is really talking about a couple of things. And one of them says being dead to works. And there's an interesting reality in the American church today where we are still trying to figure out what to do with our sin. We're still trying to figure out how does God feel about us when we sin? How does, how do we interact with each other when someone sins against us? We're, we're still really stuck on this overt sin consciousness, but the reality is that Jesus really did deal with our sin. When he created the new covenant, he got rid of the issue of sin. Now I'm going to say something that I cannot necessarily back up spiritually in this moment. I'm going to say something that I heard this week, but it was, uh, or last week, I guess, but it really kind of got me thinking. And it was this, that what if the law in the old Testament existed to expose our issue with sin so that when Jesus came to fulfill the law, we would recognize why we needed a solution. In other words, if we never understood we had a problem with sin, then we don't understand that we need a savior. And that's really important to God. But what if all of that was designed to get us into the new covenant with Jesus so that we could advance beyond that? Now, I'm not saying that we advance to a place where you'll never sin again or anything like that. But what I'm saying is we advance to a place where our sin no longer entangles us. 
that our, our issues no longer hold us back, that we're able to deal with them, that we understand as sons and daughters of God how to crucify our flesh, how to let go of the weights that want to come against us, how to die to ourselves, how to pick up our cross. When we get all of that, then where do we go? I think there's a whole realm of understanding and teaching and revelation and and I'm not talking about new doctrine or anything crazy like that. I'm just talking about a higher level of living that we're invited into if we can really dis- resolve and deal with the elementary things. So again, my first question to you today is, are you advancing to the deeper things? This kind of goes with what we talked about last week about being stuck, right? That as long as we're stuck, we're, we're still, we just need milk. We're little babies. We can't handle the food. Why? Because... Mature food is something you can choke on. A couple of years ago, my my mother, my mom is a nurse, and uh, she was a nurse, she's retired now, and my dad was a doctor, and and a lot of their friends are in the medical world, and, and they were at a, a Christmas party, and she was sitting across from someone that she knew, and they were talking and whatnot, and, and the guy was eating a shrimp, and she said, I looked at him, and I thought, something is wrong. And she said, are you okay? And he he couldn't speak. And she just immediately knew this man needs the Heimlich. Now, if you know my mother, she's a phenomenal woman. She is a, a warrior. She's a, a dynamic leader. She's a Deborah. I mean, wow, she's just incredible. And so my mother leaps into action with this man who's like 6'3". My mom is, I think, maybe like 5'8". And she starts doing the Heimlich on this guy, but she wasn't physically big enough to get him into the right position. And so all of a sudden there's this commotion at this dinner party and and another man, I don't don't think it was my dad, but another guy jumps up and begins to do the Heimlich on this guy. A big piece of shrimp comes out of his throat and he was saved. This was in November, I believe. And at Christmas that year, this man sent my mother the biggest poinsettia I have ever seen. It was like two feet in diameter. And it said, Merry Christmas. Thanks for saving my life. (laughs) The thing about food is that sometimes it doesn't go down the right pipe, right? Sometimes it's not exactly palatable. Sometimes it's not quite to our liking. Sometimes we have to digest it. But what God is inviting us into in Hebrews chapter 6, chapter 5, chapter 6 is is that if we are willing to deal with the challenge of critical thinking, we can actually mature beyond our wildest dreams. Let me put it to you this way. Proverbs 25, verse two. I don't know if you're familiar with this verse, but this is what it says. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Goes on to talk about how it's the the glory of kings to seek it out. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. There's something about who God is where he actually enjoys hiding parts of himself for those who will seek him. It's like, I believe it's in Hebrews 11, where it says that God is the rewarder of those who will diligently seek him. There's something in the dynamic of who God is, that how he wants to be as a dad to his kids, where he wants you to seek him. He likes to play hide and seek. Sometimes he makes it so plain and clear that you can just pick it up like a glass of water or a baby drinking milk. Other times it's shrouded in mystery. It requires perseverance. It requires us being the seekers, us being the diggers, us being the ones who are so convinced there's gold inside of this ground that will continue to move all of this dirt to find it because it is to his glory to conceal a matter. 
Not because he's harsh, not because he's sadistic, not because he enjoys watching you struggle, but because he knows there's something about the development process that cannot be counterfeited. The process that you and I go down when we develop, when we grow, when we seek God, it is so dynamic and it is, uh, I think it's something God genuinely loves. So here's my challenge to you. Are you operating with the gift of perpetual revelation? I know what you're thinking. You're like, Rachel, that's not a gift in the Bible. And it's not. But it's an invitation for you and I. Are we those who want to experience perpetual revelation? And if we are, we have to use our teeth. You know, when you have a a baby in your home and the baby is teething and, and so sad, you know, and they're crying and they're in pain. And I remember saying to my kids when they were at that age, of course, they didn't understand, but I would say to him, them, listen, you're going to be so glad you're going to be so glad that you have these teeth. It's going to help you do all these amazing things. When my kids are, are losing their teeth, you know, I'm, I've got several kids in the teeth loss phase right now. And so the wiggling and the pulling it out, they don't like it. And I don't like it either. And, and they'll sometimes cry in, in, in fear or because of the pain. And I'll say, listen, guys, it is so worth it. Having good teeth is so worth it. Why? Because you get to eat the better foods. If you don't have teeth, you don't get to savor a five-course meal. And it's like that in the spirit. So let's talk a little bit about the process of growing into deeper revelation. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about new theology. I'm not talking about coming up with something that's not in the Bible. I'm talking about growing beyond the milk to the meat, just like the writer of Hebrews is saying. I'm talking about doing what Hebrews chapter 6 tells us to do so beautifully by putting behind uh, uh, the elementary stage of teachings about who Jesus is, but that we're, we're resolving them. We're not putting them behind like a bad thing. We're moving beyond them into the other things that Jesus wants us to get. And so there's a couple of things that happen in the process of growth. And the first one is that we have to be confronted by truth. And I don't know about you, but a lot of us, it feels like a confrontation. A lot of my personal growth has been when God has confronted me through either a a spiritual father or mother or a teaching or what I'm reading in the Bible. It's it feels like a confrontation. It feels like a, Hey, Rachel, you're not looking at this correctly type scenario. And there's maybe a little bit of defensiveness that pops up, you know, well, I've never seen this before. Well, I've never done this. Well, I don't know anybody that thinks this way or whatever the case may be. But the first step in the process is actually being confronted with the truth. And then it's basically like eating, right? You have to put it into your mouth and then you begin to digest it. You begin to swallow it. You begin to digest it. And just in the same way, there's so many natural parallels that apply in the spirit. Like in the same way that your body digests food, it's breaking it down to pull out the nutrients from it so that you can be nourished by what you're eating. That's what it's like in the spirit that you're confronted with something that God wants you to move into understanding. Maybe it's how to apply your faith, how to get unstuck, how to have better relationships in your life, how to have more you know, love in your heart. Whatever it is, you're confronted with the truth and then you begin to digest that truth. It's It begins to ruminate in your mind all the time. It's, it's, it's like what I was sharing with you guys last week that this idea of Newton's law of motion, you know, it's just running in my mind all the time. This is what it's like when we digest the word of God. 
We begin to think about it. We begin to see it everywhere. We begin to, to daydream about it. Maybe it even shows up in your dreams at night. We're digesting the truth so that we can absorb it. So that we can absorb it. Because once we absorb it, then we can embody it. You guys see the process here? It's just like eating. God wants to bring new truth into your life. He wants to bring deeper truth. He wants to break you free into a new dimension of both loving him and receiving his love. He wants you to come into a place where you can, your capacity is enlarged to experience who he is. It's just like Moses, right? Moses goes up on the mountain and his capacity to understand who God was and is, was so large in comparison to the other people he was alongside. Moses was light years ahead of their ability to comprehend and experience God. It's not just because Moses was special, although we know he was, but it's also because Moses tried He showed up. He showed up with God. He went up the mountain. He went on these journeys God invited him into. In fact, God had invited all the people into, right? But only Moses was the one who, who went. Most of the Hebrews said, I don't want to. We can see this in Joshua's life. Joshua begins to serve Moses and Joshua's capacity to understand God begins to grow. His capacity to receive from God begins to grow and God begins to advance Joshua. My next question for you in this episode is this, it's when was the last time your capacity to experience God grew? Here's the truth. If we're going to grow our capacity, it's probably going to be grown through being confronted with something that feels a little bit uncomfortable. God never promised comfort in the kingdom of God, right? He just promised growth. He promised his presence. And my challenge to you is to allow him to confront you with truth, to allow him to grow you, to allow that truth to get inside of you, not just be digested, but be absorbed so that you can embody it, so that you become that. I think if we will do that, we'll begin to see that we are moving past the elementary teachings, not in a way because they're not valid, because they are, but because there's more. Randy Clark, uh, uh, the Dr. Randy Clark, he's an incredible healing evangelist, revivalist, just amazing man of God. He recently wrote a book called 16 Reasons Jesus Had to Die. And I was listening to him talk about this book and he said, one of the reasons obviously is Jesus becoming sin on our behalf to pay for sin so that we could have our sin issue dealt with. But that was one reason. One reason was for our eternal standing, but there's multitudes of others. And he just selected 16 reasons why Jesus had to die. And I think this is something that if you and I will pay attention to, we can actually experience everything the cross was paid for for us. I like to use the analogy of a gift card, right? How many of you guys have gotten a gift card to Target and uh, you'll spend something and maybe there's like $2.12 left on it and, and, and there's a temptation there to just not spend it, you know, it just feels like, or, or maybe you've got 75 cents left on it and, and you're like, what can I buy for 75 cents? And, and there's this principle, I think, in the kingdom where we do this with the cross, right? There's leftover money in the account the, the cross paid for for you to have. There's, there's leftover understanding and healing. There's extra understanding and breakthrough deliverance and relationship and, and all these things. But some of us, we don't charge it all the way down. We just leave it in the account. I think this is what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Are you taking everything and therefore growing, embodying, and moving on to continually perpetual revelation? 
So here's my, my closing thought for you, my closing question, and it's this. When was the last time you were enamored with who God is? I sure hope it was sometime in the last week. But part of the growth process is that we begin to discover who God is in a greater light, and it, it, like it overtakes us, you know? It's like it, it overwhelms us, and we're left with this offering of worship back to the Lord that's so beautiful. I think that's what he's after. I think that's why it is, as Proverbs 25 says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter because he knows what happens in us when we seek it out, and then we experience the reward of those who diligently seek him washing over us, and it turns back into worship towards our God, and it is such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. So this is my challenge to you. Where are you at? And what are you waiting for? There's so much to experience in God. There's so much to lay hold of. There's so much to understand, to to learn, to, to, to know. And my challenge for you is that you'd go after it with everything inside of you that you would be hungry for the deeper things. May we be, Lord, may we be the kind of people who crave the meat, who go after the meat and who, you know, we might choke a couple times, but, but together in community, we'll be able to sort it out and be able to progress into the deepest places of your heart. Lord, that's my prayer for us. And to me, that's what it looks like. The art of being you, the, the theme of this podcast to, to be our best selves in Jesus looks like those who are running hard after you and who aren't afraid of growth, of change, of advancement, and those who hunger for perpetual revelation. So I just bless everybody who's listening to this today that they would be able to come into a deeper place in Jesus' name. They'd be able to participate with the growth that you're bringing them in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.